Welcome to Keep the Republic with Dr. Daniel Bobinski, editor of True Idaho News. Keep the Republic is brought to you by the Political Action Committee Conservatives of Picture Perfect Window Cleaning, Michael Hahn of Fathom Realty, and ThinkExodus.org. And now, here's Daniel. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Keep the Republic. I'm your host, Daniel Bobinski. And thanks for tuning in. There's a lot on my mind lately I'm going to talk a little bit about this morning. And part of that is the name of this show. This show is called Keep the Republic. And it's named after a phrase that was uttered by Benjamin Franklin, who gave a very memorable reply to an interesting question as the Constitutional Convention was wrapping up. The wife of the Philadelphia mayor, her name was Elizabeth Powell, She had hosted several social events at her home for the delegates to the Constitutional Convention. And because of that, she was very well aware that they were seeking to restore some level of control to the federal government. You got to remember, up until the Declaration of Independence, each of the colonies were under the rule of England. So after the Declaration, they were new, free, independent states, nation states. And I suppose I should even back up a little bit more. So so before the declaration was drafted, uh, the Second Continental Congress was already talking about breaking away from England. And about a month before they drafted the declaration and started talking about that, they knew that they were going to probably do it. So they created a subcommittee to draft up an idea for how they would form a union of the states that were going to be basically new countries, new nation states. And that's what became the Articles of Confederation, a way to join the 13 states to work together. It was approved by Congress, get this, 16 months after the declaration was signed. That was when Congress approved it. It wasn't officially ratified by all 13 states until March of 1781, five years after the declaration. So, as I said, each of the 13 states was essentially a new country with their own representative government, their own laws, and the Articles of Confederation got together. Finally, they agreed to put some rules in place by which they could, you know, deal with foreign powers and put some rules in place for how the states would interact with each other. And by design, it was a very weak central government. The leadership style of King George was very controlling. They did not want that. So they went the opposite route, the opposite extreme, really. With the Articles of Confederation, there was probably a little bit too much looseness, a little too much chaos. There wasn't even an executive branch. And of course, that's going to result in chaos when there's nobody officially in charge. So they went from having too much control under King George to too much chaos under the Articles of Confederation. So here we have five years after the Declaration the states finally ratify the Articles of Confederation, a little too loose. And in that time, they're starting to see that, eh, this isn't going to really work. And John Jay, uh, you hear me talk about him on this show, he wrote to, to Washington and suggested that the Articles be revised. Let's do a little bit of background. Who's John Jay? Great question. Glad you asked. John Jay, as you hear me say regularly on this show, he was referred by Washington to be the first Supreme Court Chief Justice in the United States. So he was approved, and that was his position. But before all of that, before declaration was declared, 
John Jay was a lawyer in New York, and he had become part of the New York Committee of Correspondence way back in 1774, so which is the group of people who were talking about how are we going to break away from England? And they were doing it by letters and communicating that way. So he was already an ardent American, wanting America to survive and succeed and thrive. And so here they are, you know, wrapping up the war for independence. And he was chosen, by the way, to go to England and help represent the U.S. and bring about an end of the war. So he's highly respected. And because of his experience, once the Articles of Confederation were put in place, they actually nominated and chose him to be the Secretary for Foreign Affairs for the United States under the Articles of Confederation. So here's a guy who's been there. He's done that. Experience. Got a good legal mind. And he's serving as a diplomat, not only during the Revolutionary War, but also afterwards as the Secretary of Foreign Affairs. So he sees that the Articles of Confederation need some help. He suggests this to George Washington. And Washington says, yep, let's do this. Word got around. And later that year, delegates from, what, five states met to discuss it. And they put out the call. They said, you know, next year, let's have a convention and revamp the Articles. And their purpose for gathering was to fix the Articles of Confederation. That was the stated purpose. Many of the delegates didn't even realize that there were some in attendance, such as James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, who really wanted to revamp everything and start from scratch. And that's what happened. We now have our Constitution. And that was, what, 236 years ago this month. They created the Constitution. It was a completely different kind of government. And last week on this show, I played for you some of my interview with the historian William Federer. He's been on my TV show. He's been on this show. You can watch the entire interview, by the way, if you go to newsforia.com, newsforia.com, or keeptherepublic.us. But William Federer is one of the loudest voices out there today, reminding us that throughout the history of the world, governments were top-down. We had kings, we had sultans, we had emirs, we had emperors, we had czars. And in the history of the world, just about every country was top-down. The exception, Israel. During the 400 years when they first got in the Promised Land, it's in the time of Judges, you can go to the Bible, go look in the book of Judges, read about it. Everybody was responsible to know God's law and be accountable to God. Every individual family. That was God's original plan. And you know, if God designed something, it's got to be pretty good, right? So the founders, they said, hey, let's go back to something like that, as close as we can get to that. So the founders set up the closest thing they could, and the United States government was designed to be a bottom-up government. As William Federer says, it's a country in which the people are the kings, little k, kings. It's a radical change for the world, very different from all the top-down governments that were just permeating, and still some many places do, permeate the world. So let me go back now to the wife of the Philadelphia mayor. Her name was Elizabeth Powell. She was very curious. She had this very brief conversation with Ben Franklin about what kind of government was created. That conversation would have gone unnoticed in history, by the way, if it wasn't for a Maryland delegate, James McHenry, who wrote about it in his diary. That's how we know about it. But Elizabeth Powell had been hosting social events for the delegates to the convention in her home. And she knew that these delegates were trying to create a government 
that had less chaos and a little more control for the overarching federal government. So as the uh, Constitution Convention is wrapping up, she asks Benjamin Franklin, she sees him, she goes, what kind of government have you given us? Her question was very specific. She says, a republic or a monarchy? Because she knew they were trying to find a way to get more control. Did they go all the way back to a monarchy or did they settle on a republic? And Franklin's response, a republic, ma'am, if you can keep it. And that response is not odd because, as I just said, we got kings everywhere, right? We got a propensity in this world, also mankind, to want other people to take care of us. We want someone on top to be responsible. Take a look at the Israelites. For 400 years, back and forth, back and forth, God rose up the judges, restored the nation, and finally they begged for God for a king so they could be like the other countries. They were tired of taking responsibility for themselves. And this is why you hear people say, you get the government you deserve. Because if people are responsible, as what Benjamin Franklin was alluding to, a republic, if you can keep it, if people are responsible, we can keep the republic. But if people are going to get suckered in to being dependent on those who are in authority, then we're going to lose the republic. So a bottom-up government at the time, 1770s, was extreme. 1780s, very extreme. Nobody had ever really structured anything like that before. Sure, you had philosophers like Montesquieu and John Locke. They were writing about the reasons to separate government because of the sinful nature of man. But nobody had really done it. Not until the delegates got together for the Constitutional Convention. So they went forth with the idea. Again, it was viewed as extreme, bottom-up. So now you say, well, Daniel, why are you giving me this history lesson? And I say, have you seen some of the news lately in Idaho? We've got a lot of big names in this state saying that we need to bring in this ranked choice voting to get rid of the extremists in the state. You're seeing that in the, in the newspapers. And I have to ask, when you hear the word extremist, what do you think of? A lot of folks think of Muslim extremists who fly planes into buildings or behead their daughters because their daughters are acting too westernized. Yes, that is part of Sharia law. Some people who are extreme in their Muslim faith do that, even in this country. So here we have people now in this state who are playing on this phenomenon of guilt by association. They think that, you know, if they want to call themselves pro-life and pro-Second Amendment, they call themselves conservative. And they use that reason. They call themselves Republicans or conservatives. But look at their spending. All sorts of big government programs. That's not conservative. Those kind of programs are not part of what was laid out in the Constitution. They're voting for more state authority and less authority for the people. Because we, as a bottom-up government, we are supposed to be, as Federer says, the true kings of the country. We're bottom-up. And what they're doing is they're rationalizing and they're twisting definitions all so they can get and keep power, top-down authoritarianism. This is the nature of man that Benjamin Franklin warned us about. He said, we're a republic if we can keep it. I love the way Alan Keyes puts it. The Constitution should act like a cage to constrain the lusts of man. And I'm not talking physical lusts. I'm talking about the lusts for power. The Constitution could, should constrain us to operating within the rule of law. So these people who want top-down government, they think 
that you're too stupid to make decisions for yourself. They think that I'm too stupid to make a decision. They're calling us who want to keep the republic a bottom-up form of government. They're calling us extremists. And it's guilt by association. Because if they call us extremists, then they're going to associate us with these extremists, like we just got done talking about the Muslims who want to blow up buildings and, and behead their daughters. So we're being labeled extreme even by people like Butch Otter, who's our former governor. He's for this ranked choice voting. And I'm going to have to do a whole show, I think, on this ranked choice voting and how it's absolutely wrong for Idaho or any place for that matter. But they're calling us extremists, those of us who want to keep the republic, who want to operate in alignment with the Constitution, they're calling us extremists. Now, I used to be bothered by this. And you say, well, why? It's because that's intellectually dishonest. To label somebody who wants to keep the republic as extremist is dishonest. If we want to operate in accordance with the principles of the Constitution and the principles of the principles of our founders, to say that we're being extremists is misrepresenting the truth, and that is something that God hates. Really, when you're trying to call yourself a conservative and you're pushing for big government, that is being dishonest as well. God hates that. So I've been thinking about this, this thing about being an extremist, and I thought, okay, here's my new take. John Adams was an extremist because he wanted a bottom-up government. Jefferson was an extremist. Washington was an extremist. Hamilton, Madison, Franklin, Patrick Henry, they're all extremists. They were viewed by the King of England as extremists who needed to be silenced, who needed to be stopped. And I don't know about you, but I'm really glad they decided to push back. Hopefully you are too. So today, here we have in Idaho, people who are calling us extremists. We have people who want high office, advocating for top-down, authoritarian law government. They claim to be common sense, and they call us extremists when they are the ones who are changing it and flipping it back. You know, you hear the word progressive. That's not progressive. That's regressive. It's going back to the way it used to be. We need to stay with what Franklin and all the delegates gave us in the Constitutional Convention. So I think we need to embrace the word extremist. I'm not going to go out and say, bring it on. But you know what? Washington was an extremist. He was a Christian. So was Adams. So were 52 of the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence. Born-again Christians. I am not the kind of guy who goes looking for a fight, but I am the kind of guy who stands firm for righteousness. And right now, we have unrighteous people, some of whom even call themselves Christians, lying about people who want to keep the republic. So, when you take the name of the Lord and call yourself a Christian, and then you willfully and intentionally lie about other people, then you're not exactly following the ways of the Lord. And as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. So I say, embrace the term. If they're going to call me and other people who want to uphold the principles of the Constitution and trying to keep the republic, if they're going to call us extremists, then I guess that's what I am. Because I look at John Jay, I look at John Adams, I look at what they said, I look at what they did, what they believed, and I guess I'm in pretty darn good company. So, yep, I guess I'm an extremist. I want to keep 
the republic. And anybody who wants to keep the republic, let them call us what they want. We can stand firm on principle. We can strive to reach common ground. That is what we should be doing always, trying to establish the conserve, and I should say conserve the principles that our founders had. I should say reestablish them because they've been lost. They've been taken away. We need to reestablish and stand and conserve those principles. That's what makes this country great. You hear me say it so often on this show, John Adams, writing to the Massachusetts militia, our constitution was made for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. So if we can't have a moral and religious people operating in government, like John Jay said, it is our duty and privilege to select Christians to serve in our government. That was John Jay. If we can't do that, if we're going to be labeled extremists and being pushed out, then we can kiss our form of government goodbye. John Adams predicted that. And if they push us out, that's exactly what's going to happen. And we're going to get the kind of government that the people want slash deserve. So we should be looking for ways to restore those principles. And I should tell you, by the way, one of the things that's coming up at the end of this month is an event in Nampa that's going to strive to do that. Uh, but I need to pause for a few commercials first. Then we're going to hear from Victor Rodriguez from Nampa and talking about this event on September 30th at Lloyd Square as an attempt to bring the community together, which, like I said, we should be striving for. But first, let me tell you about Conservatives Up. Conservatives Up is a political action committee. They've been around since the beginning of this show. So they, they helped get this show started. They help constitutionally-minded conservative Christians get elected to office. Conservatives of is a, is a super PAC. You go to conservativesof.com, check them out, and they operate by donations to help get constitutional conservatives elected. And they help also support constitutional causes, conservative causes. And if that's something that you want to support, then I ask you to go to conservativesof.com, make a donation of any size, and while you're there, please tell them thank you for sponsoring the Keep the Republic show. Also want to give a shout out to Michael Hahn with Fathom Realty, also a sponsor of this show. If you're a buyer or a seller, it doesn't matter. You can be confident that Mike's going to keep your best interest in mind. He's going to represent you with integrity. Mike's going to help you prepare your property so it appeals to the broadest market of buyers and determine the best price. If you're buying, Mike's going to help you find the best property that meets your needs. He's a graduate of the Realtors Institute. He holds multiple specialist designations. He's been a realtor since 2005. Give Michael Hahn a call at 208-939-9033. That's 939-9033. Or you can reach him at idahoinvestmentproperties.com. And I'm going to keep going here so we can uh, do the whole show. I'm other two uh, sponsors of the show, Picture Perfect Window Cleaning. If you'd like to get those windows cleaned, you can save yourself some money. Contact Picture Perfect Window Cleaning at windowcleaningboise.com. And you're going to save yourself some money. 10% off your total bill or five, $50 off any cleaning job, more than $250, whichever is greater. They do both business and residential. Just tell them you heard about it on the Keep the Republic show to get your savings. That's windowcleaningboise.com. Picture perfect window cleaning. One more, and that is the Exodus Institute. They're a fully accredited online K-12 school. You hear me talk all the time on this show about how we need to get our kids out of these public indoctrination systems that are indoctrinating our kids to think in terms of top-down government. Online school, K-12, 
Exodus Institute. Your students are taught by experienced, credentialed teachers of Christian values. If you're already homeschooling, by the way, they have a supplemental program for kids in fifth through 12th grade. It's an on-demand video. They do all the teaching. They do all the grading. It's only 20 bucks a month, and you can cancel anytime. You can learn more by going to thinkexodus.org. That's thinkexodus.org. And tell them that you heard about them on the Keep the Republic show. All right. Um, I had the opportunity earlier this week to record a brief conversation with Victor Rodriguez from Nampa. He's part of the team that's put together this first annual We Are Nampa Faith, Family, and Freedom event. It's going to be at Lloyd's Square in downtown Nampa uh, from 4 to 8 p.m. That's next Saturday, the 30th of September. Let's go ahead and listen in on this conversation. So, Victor Rodriguez, you are one of the founders of this event. I guess this was actually your brainchild to bring this event together, wasn't it? Yes, sir. It sure was. And the event is called We Are Nampa, and it's a faith, family, and freedom event. Tell us what your motivation was to bring this together. In the political world and in our communities, there's so much divisiveness, so much anger, so much name-calling. And I wanted to get back to the basics. And I wanted our community to know that, that we all can get together and have unity and balance with each other. So when I spoke with the idea to Kirsten Lucas and Stuart Hyman, and, um, who's the chairman of the Republican Party in Canyon County, and Annette Scott, and uh, Christy Warhust from IDGPOA, they all thought it was a great idea. So... That's why we're putting it on, is to show people that there still is uh, a good balance of each other here. And we wanted to show a good presentation for our families to enjoy. Especially, what a combination, faith, family, and freedom. Isn't that great? That's, that should make you say yes and smile about it. <laughs> those are the principles that our founders held on to, and those are the principles that should be uniting us. Yeah, I agree. Exactly, exactly. Totally agree. I agree 100%. So this event is Saturday, September 30th, and it's going to be from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. Now, so normally on Saturdays at Lloyd Square, this is at Lloyd Square out in Nampa, normally on Saturdays uh, from 9 until 1 is the Nampa Farmer's Market. Yes. And you have you know usually 100 vendors there, give or take, and somewhere between 75 and 100 vendors. Uh, so they're going to be breaking down after their 1 o'clock event and then you guys are going to be setting up and so you guys start at four o'clock so if people could go to the market buy all their veggies and have a nice lunch and then uh, hang out downtown or wherever and come back at four o'clock for your event now you guys sure. have a car show too right yes the the corvette club and it's beautiful let me tell you if you have one and want to see what a corvette oh boy we have local people local talent uh, uh, local vendors, and uh, that's what we wanted to do is is showcase our people from Nampa, and that's what we're doing. And it's really taken off. I'm pretty excited about it. We it's went into this thing not knowing what, what was going to happen. And uh, the more we talked about it, the more we started getting involved with inviting vendors and people and uh, square dancers and DJ, uh, uh, dancers and singers. It was just amazing. Everybody said yes. So I can't wait. It's getting pretty exciting now. Well, you have something for everybody. You have the car show. 
You have a young adult hangout, it says here? Yes, yes. So I'm going to assume that's like the 18-ish to 22-ish crowd? Yes. Okay, you're going to have food trucks? Yes. So if people want to come and get dinner, they can do that? Yeah. Someone told me you guys are going to have a double-decker coffee uh, bus there too, right? Yes, that's pretty cool. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it is unique. <laughs> yeah, I've had their coffee. It's not bad. Not um, bad, yeah. <laughs> so uh, vendors, uh, like you said, booth, and you got some music and some games. Sounds like quite the event, and I'm really glad that you're doing this. It is, like you said, bring people together, focus on the principles that we should be focused on, faith, family, and freedom. You should come. We would enjoy you being there. Well, I plan on being there. Oh, <laughs> cool. I do cool. plan on being there because I actually um, sent in my uh, fee and I got a booth. Oh, you did? For my business, not for my my uh, media business, but from the oh. business that I do for companies. I thought, well, how can I support this? And I will do that by getting a booth and being part of the community because I actually oh. work nationwide and I guess Nampa fits into the nation. So oh. I will I will be part well, of that as well. Well, good for you. I'm glad you're going to be there. We'll introduce you to some great folks that are there. Uh, I don't know what your business is, but we'd like to promote your business with us. Yeah. Well, anybody that's got a business, I mean, come on down to the uh, we are Nampa Faith, Family, and Freedom event, and I'll be happy to tell you about my business with leadership development. Uh, I've been doing that for 30-plus years. Anyways, um, again, this is from 4 o'clock until 8 o'clock at the Lloyd Square, which is right along Front Street, right along the train tracks there along, what, 14th Street, I guess? Between 13th and 14th on 1st Street South, Nampa. It's yeah. downtown Nampa. That makes it easier. Really easy to find. Yes. It's a great little park. Come in, in the evening and hit the uh, Faith, Family, and Freedom event. Victor Rodriguez, thanks so much. You're welcome, sir. So there you go. It's next Saturday evening. Games, music, vendors, food trucks, young adult hangout, Corvette Club car show. It's the first annual Faith, Family, and Freedom event in Nampa, Idaho. A brainchild of Victor Rodriguez bringing people together around the principles that one would hope would unite us and make our community stronger, faith, family, and freedom. And we've got about a minute left in today's show. And, you know, just like Jesus said, the poor you will always have with you. Well, I believe that scripture also indicates that we will always have thieves and ruthless and deceptive people. And even as we seek to shield ourselves from the effects of their ungodly behavior, we're still called to pray for them because the word of God is very clear. Pray for your enemies. In the same way that every expert once started off a novice, it's also true that every saint started off as a sinner in need of salvation. So we need to pray that the Lord's will be done. And we need to ask for wisdom, for strength, wisdom to stand on principle in the face of attacks from people who would come against us. So in all that we do, let's fill our minds with the Word of God so we can be sure to be standing firm on the best principles of the universe. You've been tuned in to Keep the Republic. This is Dr. Daniel Lobinski. I'll catch you next week at the same time. Until then, be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to Keep the Republic, sponsored by Conservatives of Picture Perfect Window Cleaning, Michael Hahn of Fathom Realty, 
thinkexodus.org. Also, please pray for our republic and for godly men and women who will work to keep it.